Chapter 32 of The Social War of 1900, or The Conspirators and Lovers. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Read by Lisa Reichert. The Social War of 1900, or The Conspirators and Lovers, by Simon Landis. Chapter 32. Dr. Juno Convicted, Imprisoned, and Attempts Made to Poison Him. Dr. Victor Juno was compelled to spend that Sunday night in the filthy, cold cell with the horse-thief, where he took an awful cold. But at nine o'clock Monday morning he was brought before the presiding magistrate, although he waived a hearing and entered bail in two thousand dollars to appear at the court of sessions. In six days he was arraigned and tried before the pious Judge Sanctiblower who conspired with the sanctimonious district attorney charleson to rule out all the evidence that dr juno might produce the district attorney argued that all the evidence that could be relevant was for the commonwealth to prove that this book on the physiology of marriage had been bought from dr juno and the book itself was to be given to the jury which was composed of picked ringleaders from the saintly crowd and the jurymen alone unaided by experts or law or anything else should decide if it were an obscene book or not dr juno had twenty experts in court eight of these twenty eminent physicians were professors of medical colleges he also had over two hundred additional witnesses in court by the former he wished to prove the scientific correctness of the book and show by the latter that the book had benefited them in various ways but the district attorney objected to hearing any of dr juno's witnesses except the purity of character which was proved beyond a doubt and the august judge sanctiblower ruled to suit the district attorney the counsel for the defence produced the following law points but his honour dodged them all and gave instead his own opinion viz if the jury believe the defendant have in view the benefit of society however wrong the ideas or objectionable the language there is no malice and he should be acquitted again if the design of the book was to benefit society it does not show malice to take measures to extend its circulation again if the production was honestly meant to inform the public mind and warn them against supposed dangers in society though the subject may have been treated erroneously then however the judgment of the jury may incline them to think individually they should acquit the defendant if the jury doubt of the criminal intention then also the law pronounces that he should be acquitted the few witnesses who were permitted to testify to the excellent character of dr juno shrewdly worked in that the book in question had benefited them very much and when such evidence slipped in before it could be stopped by the district attorney the old pious judge sanctiblower would yell out that is purely a question for the jury to decide the counsel for dr juno then quoted the following law points in a criminal prosecution for the libel the defendant may repel the charge by providing that the publication was for a justifiable purpose and not malicious nor with the intention to defame any man and there may be many cases where the defendant having proved the purpose justifiable may give in evidence the truth of the words when such evidence will tend to negative the malice and intent to defame commonwealth versus clap four mass one sixty three again the supreme court of the united states decided that 
whenever the author or publisher of the alleged slander acted in the bona fide discharge of a public or private duty legal or moral such communication is privileged white and nichols three howard two sixty seven again as the offence of publishing a libel consists of the malicious publication of it which as already stated is in general inferred from the words of the alleged libel itself it is competent to the defendant in all cases to show the absence of malice on his part roscoe's criminal evidence five twenty eight to all this and much more equally strong law points judge sanctiblower paid no attention at all because he told the young men's association previously to bring dr juno into the court of sessions and he would fix him the jury obeyed the judge and district attorney and of course convicted dr juno in spite of law evidence and their oaths to decide according to law and evidence the judge then sentenced him to the full extent of the law for publishing an obscene libel which was one year in the county prison and five hundred dollars fine he was at once closely confined in a felon's cell but the governor of the commonwealth was a man of honour and when a friend of dr juno called upon his excellency with a copy of the book on the physiology of marriage and also a copy of the fully printed trial the governor at once pardoned and even exonerated dr juno which set him free after having served four months of his time whilst dr juno was incarcerated the newspaper oracle of the bloody conspirators libelled him awfully also the minor daily newspapers howled dreadfully seeing a chance now to gain some note at the expense of dr juno they called him everything but decent names had he been a sot roue brawler glutton miser gambler liar politician hypocrite pharisee viper or cutthroat he would have been a decent man compared with the character the public press of philadelphia gave this martyred man and when governor golden pardoned him the holy saints and newspaper scribes were overawed horrified and amazed for they believed that there was no power on earth that could induce the governor to pardon him the bloody clique went repeatedly to the executive and requested him not to pardon dr juno for the life of him he himself told the person to whom he gave said pardon that the prejudice against dr juno was immense which he could not understand and the governor said if there was not so much prejudice against the man i would not pardon him for prejudice is the child of envy and not of crime dr juno was not in prison a week until the bloody clique sent their friends who belonged to the prison society to visit him in his cell and they appeared very kind giving him apples figs cakes etc the doctor did not trust these nice people he therefore placed these articles aside for inspection and upon examination he discovered arsenic piled snugly inside a lot of the figs but the person who prepared them was not an expert or instead of having inserted the raw powdered arsenic into the figs he would have steeped them in a solution of the poison they again failed to murder him and as soon as he told the prison keepers and inspectors that an attempt was made to poison him they got very indignant and locked him up as tight as wax and treated him awfully mean 
which proved that at least some of them belonged to the bloody clique. Dr. Juno soliloquized as follows. I cannot see why these people should be so determined to murder me. I have never done anything that would injure or demoralize them or their children. If I had kept a body-house, rum-shop, gambling-room, low-concert saloon, political swindling-house, or followed the thousand and one injurious, criminal, and fashionable pursuits extant, I would have been esteemed as a good fellow. But as I have opposed all these, and other unhealthy and unphysiological customs, and have proved by the religion that Jesus Christ established that my course was scientific and right, they have given me a mock trial in open court, and in the face of a republican country, have cast me into this prison for serving God, nature, and mankind. God forgive these degraded, wicked wretches, for really they know not what they are doing." When Dr. Juno was pardoned, he at once returned to his old work of lecturing, preaching, and practicing his profession, and to his astonishment he did more business and had more intelligent audiences than he ever had before. This was a consolation to him, but a terrible disappointment to the saintly crowd, who now instituted more and worse plans of operation, and whilst Dr. Juno pursued the even tenor of his course, as if nothing had ever happened to him, the conspirators, in one combined effort, appealed to the state legislature to pass a law which would suppress religious liberty, and which movement broke their camel's back. End of chapter 32